I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Seb, how do you manage to keep yourself so perky and upbeat in the mornings? I thought you were going to ask me that question. Well, I'll tell you, I drink between three and 14 cups of coffee every day. I'd like to tell you about one of my favourite coffee companies, and that is Chimney Fire Coffee. Have you ever heard of them? I have heard of them. You know for why? They're sponsoring this podcast. Chimney Fire Coffee create responsibly crafted speciality coffee from their roasteries nestled in the Surrey Hills. They work hard to create a fully sustainable coffee journey by focusing on transparent sourcing, working directly with farmers and sharing their stories, and by using fully compostable packaging. They donate 25p from every regular bag and £1 from every kilo bag of all Discovery Coffee sales to Recycle, a small charity who refurbish bikes from the UK and ship them to rural communities in Africa. For every 28 kilos of coffee roasted, a single bike plus spare parts will be sent to these communities to help improve social mobility, children's education and overall health. Chimney Fire Coffee is proud to partner with Three in a Bar podcast to offer listeners 20% off their first coffee order. Simply head to www.chimneyfirecoffee.com and use the code TIAB20 at checkout to redeem your discount. Hello everybody, my name is Seb Philpott. And my name is Verity Simmons. And this is Three in a Bar. Yeah, welcome along. We chat to a different musician or musical guest every single week. Well, we say that. It's not out every week, is it? <laughs> no, it isn't. Let's not mislead them. No. Every well, two weeks it used ish. To be every week. <laughs> yeah. And then things started happening. Um, people started getting ill. People started uh, getting work, <laughs> all sorts of stuff. Anyway, we do an episode every two weeks, roughly. Yeah, we moment. do. That's how it's working. Yeah. But every episode we chat to a different person. And this week, well, our guest is composer, multi-award winning British composer, Natalie Holt. Hooray! Yeah. Wait, I want to do a double hooray for Natalie. Yeah. Because not only has she spoken to us for this episode, we'd already tried to record another one with her, which went horribly wrong, didn't it? Yeah, we had a real, real mishap on this one. This is the worst that's ever happened. We've had technical malfunctions and errors and problems before. but (laughs) As you've heard, yes. This was bad. It was. We'll tell you what happened. Basically, okay, are you familiar with a software called Zoom? Oh, Zoom, you say? I think I've heard of such. Yeah, you've heard yeah. of that, listener, you've heard of that one. Well, for some reason, every time we tried it, Verity had an echo where she'd hear, you'd hear yourself like a second mm. later, right? Horrible. Oh, it's awful, yeah. You can't, Horrible. You can't be doing with that. So no. we, like, we, we tried for about half an hour to set this up before we chatted to Natalie online. And then we are like, right, f- forget this, let's try something else. So we tried something called Zencaster. Oh, anyone heard what of that magic one? is this well i think it is maybe better and actually that's what we're doing now we're on zencaster yeah it is we've left zoom behind but anyway <laughs> something happened where um natalie's audio just did not record it didn't 
it recorded it looked like it was recording and then it didn't so yeah we got about seven seconds worth i think didn't that's we? right yeah um, <laughs> pure gold <laughs> and the iphone backup that she did also failed so we just had nothing i was like maybe somehow you can recall anything from the past using some kind of <laughs> I don't know, some sci-fi Philip K. Dick technology. <laughs> and you really, you really stuck with that belief for a while, didn't really you? Really tried, I mean, but did not. Did tried not. everything. No. no. So thankfully, Natalie Holt is a nice person and agreed to do it all again. I know, it was amazing, wasn't it? I'm so glad she did because actually, dare I say it, I think the second time round was even better. I think so. I think we had a bit yeah. more of a run-up at it. And yeah, we did. We got our facts straight, most yeah, of them. And, uh, and, you know, we were relaxed and we were just delighted to have her there. So conversation was very relaxed yeah. and, and fun, wasn't it? It's also, you may be able to tell, it's the second time asking some of those questions, but she, she dealt with it very well. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'll give you a little what? biography of Natalie. Oh, lovely. If you'd like. Uh, I she would, She trained yeah. at the Royal Academy of Music in London and the National Film and Television School. Her numerous film and television credits include the Marvel television series Loki, starring Tom Hiddleston and Owen Wilson. That's very good. Mm, massive. BBC's Wallander, Kenneth Branagh. Nightfall, also starring big. Mark Hamill. Paddington, starring Hugh oh, Bonneville. Heard of it? Love it. Deadwater Fell, starring David Tennant. And the award-winning BBC drama Three Girls. Oh, God, that's good. That that's good, dark, though. A, that is dark. dark yeah. It's the polar opposite of Paddington, I'd say, that one. Mm, yeah. Showing um, her range. Yeah, really. You've got everything in there. Um, also an accomplished violinist and violist. She has performed mm-hmm. at the Royal Albert Hall and at the closing ceremony of the Olympic Games. <gasps> yes. She is known for her experimental string-based scores on which she plays violin, piano and vintage synthesizer, as well as for her large orchestral music, which she records at London's Abbey Road Studios. Woohoo! As well as other places, I'm sure. Uh, This is from her website, we're reading it. Always a good thing when our guests have a biography on on their website or Wikipedia page. I know, even better on their own website, because we know that they've written it and therefore it's true. (laughs) It's definitely true, or at least this is what they'd like us to say. So (laughs) she, oh, she won the prestigious Ivan Novello Award in 2015 and was made an associate of the Royal Academy of Music in 2017 and was nominated for an Emmy Award in 2017 and won the Best International Score at the Beijing International Film Festival in 2018 for her score on Journey's End with Hilda Gunadier. Go on, do it. Get it. Well done. Is that that good? I think that sounded right. Yeah, that was good. Sorry. (laughs) Well done. so anyone's listening from from that country um so uh there we go uh, how did we uh, i mean rob your husband who is our mm. previous guest on this show from last last time yeah. uh rob was in like youth orchestra with her right he was he was in youth orchestra with her um so he's known her for many years uh we were really lucky to get her i mean he hadn't seen her for a long time i did a quartet gig with her a while back as well yeah but um but that was a fair old while back. Yeah. And she's a busy, busy lady. So to get her twice, my you know. God, we were lucky. <laughs> yeah, we really were. So thank you. And uh, yeah. uh, there are mild spoilers, I suppose, for Loki. Mild, I'd yeah, say mild, it's fine. It's quite, fine. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't it? Oh, major. Maybe stronger than mild, actually. <laughs> okay, yeah. Um, but don't worry, you can always just turn the volume down for those bits. Yeah, If yeah. you're feeling um, nervous. 
at times this may seem like an advert for Spitfire Audio, uh, <laughs> the sample company people. Uh, it's not. They, they have not paid us any money. But um, so If they'd just, like to, feel free. Please feel free. Yeah or, yeah, or give us some free samples. That'd be nice. Yeah. Um, and Hey, let's get into the yeah, chat. I'll I tell you for why, them. because... Oh, go on, warn. It's just because my, my, my laptop's about to shut down unless I plug it is in. It? <laughs> well, yes. Right, let's go for it. Okay, here we go. This is uh, Natalie Holtz. Right, I'm plugging in now. Oh, God, you're a legend for agreeing to come back <laughs> to talk to okay. us again. Like... I hope you didn't have to use too many swear words when thinking about our company. <laughs> no, not at all. It's fine. It was. It's really nice to chat. Is it? Yeah, though? it is lovely. Oh, sorry, I'm freezing. My boiler's broken. Oh no! Oh no! Well, it's not broken. It's just kicking out some horrible acrid fumes. Oh, oh my god! Because they've been making weird noises as well, because ours did that last night. Yeah. And I was terrified. Rob was away. And I know this is bad because I should know how to do all this and like not rely on him. But I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> and I, like, I just turned loads of knobs and I really hope I haven't done anything terrible to it. Oh, I'm sure you haven't. Oh, yeah. God. I think mine's just really old. Um, but I don't know. Yeah, and I'm just about to sell. I've just got an offer on my house. So, oh. Yay. Wow, congrats. That's brilliant. Congrats. But it's like, oh, great, I'm going to move and have to buy a new boiler. That's really sensible. (laughs) Oh, God. And they're the crappiest thing. Yeah, I spent all that money. Great. Got a boiler. That's fun. I know. So what are you, do you live in London now? No, I live in Kent. Okay. Yeah. Which is fine. Bit boring. Back to your roots. Bit boring. Yeah, I don't know. Not sort of back to your roots. No, no yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I grew up here. I live. I'm like near my parents and stuff. It's all very depressing. Oh <laughs> no, Leafy, the Garden of England. Come on. Oh, okay, now. is that how Rob <laughs> feels about Kent? <laughs> <laughs> He's got mixed emotions. I'll be honest. <laughs> did you do Kent County Youth? I Orchestra? did. Yeah. Oh my god, I loved it. It was so good. Yeah. yeah, he says things like it was better than NYO. That's that's his big statement. Did he, do he NYO? likes to say, "No." <laughs> How does he know then? <laughs> I've no idea. Um, but you got great tours. Sorry, on set, carry on. Natalie, Sorry, Seb. I just wonder because um, are, are you a bit hot on your audio? Um, Possibly. Your, yeah, I look a bit. Yours looks a lot bigger okay. than ours. Um, how's that? La, that la, looks better. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Perfect. Good. Okay. Sorry, continue oh. with the old uh, Kent <laughs> chat. Kent reminiscences. I saw, the reminiscences? Yeah, well, kind of. Yeah. No, I saw um, loads of the Kent Youth Orchestra folks on Saturday because it was the Ciccone's <gasps> Youth Orchestra, um, yeah. you know, the Wigmore, the 20 years. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, how was it? Was it amazing? Yeah, they were amazing. It's just... Yeah, I can't believe they've played together for that long. It's sort of mind blowing, isn't I it? I can't believe it because they did they they met in Kent Youth yeah. Orchestra, didn't they? County Youth Orchestra. Yeah. That is crazy. Also, it's really aging, isn't it? Aging. <laughs> yeah, terribly I know, aging. Think, I can't oh bear God, it. Am I that old? <laughs> like I can. Yeah, <laughs> violinist. Well, you are a violinist, and but that's your roots, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Playing the, playing the violin. I got that wrong first time round, so this is great. I can really rectify all those factually inaccurate things. Yeah, she would have said, when did you start to learn the tuba? Go, no, no, it was just not. No. <laughs> Incorrect. Just so off it. 
Yeah. Are you still playing a lot at the moment, Natalie? Do you get a chance to with all your other exploits? Oh my gosh. Like the the last couple of weeks I've been writing songs, like country and Western songs. Oh, wow. (laughs) So I've been like singing and playing the guitar I'm really terrible at the guitar. I have to tune it to like weird tunings to enable me to play anything. Um, but it's been really fun. I love I love my job in the sense that, you know, it's really varied and like different projects require yeah. you to, you know, get different instruments out. Can you say what this country and Western guitar singing thing is for? Yeah, I think so. It's, it's a film called Cocaine Bear. Right. Okay. It's based on yeah, it's a kids kids film. Um, No, it's based on a true story of a a drug drop that goes wrong. Like a a it crashes into the Rocky Mountains, and then a bear eats loads of cocaine and sort of goes on a killing spree. Wow! Oh my god! That's a true story. (laughs) Yeah, it is based on a true story. It's but in a it's very loosely. I think the actual bear in real life just. Um, had a massive heart attack and died before it did very much killing. Um, <laughs> so, but the film, it's kind of, This yeah. sounds amazing. <laughs> what a film. And it's directed by Elizabeth Banks, who's a... a oh. Yeah. Oh, yes. So that's fun. That's so great. have you been in contact with her, I guess? Yeah, so. we, we met up um, in London uh, when she was on her way back from filming. And yeah, it was really, yeah, we're in touch and... She's the director, so yeah, she's telling me what really? to do. Oh, she's great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, is it in the pre-filming stage? Is it filming currently, or are you? <clears throat> how is it working with the casting? Where are, are really you good coming in on this? For, for it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they were over in London looking at the best. Paddington's made the cut. No, yeah. he's for too the nice. Bungle. Too... <laughs> I'd love to see Bungle. Bungle. On <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Bungle can't touch that stuff anymore. He's got to check he it. He did too much in the seventies. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. What stage are they bringing you in at? Is there? Is it already? Is it in um, post production now? Or yeah, it's in post. Yeah. How is that then? Sort of adding on top. Do you like working this way round? Or yeah, I love working. Hard? Yeah, no, it's nice. I mean, I'm in quite early. So yeah, it's kind of cool to have time. I mean, who knows? Maybe maybe these things I'm writing at the moment are just completely mad and will end up doing something else. But it's nice to have time to play around. Because I guess generally as a composer, you get brought in quite late in the process. Is that right? Or at least the re- the recordings get the recordings get done quite late. Like, yeah, you? yeah. I mean, you're like later on, at the, you're sort of putting the tinsel on the tree at the end kind of thing god that's weird (laughs) that what the music is um but yeah some like you get brought in on on a project really varies like sometimes I've got a director who I'm chatting to at the moment who's just writing a script but she really liked uh the Loki soundtrack so she wanted to meet um even though you know she's not even got a finished script yet so that's quite fun. Um, and then other things, yeah. you know, someone's been fired and you've got one week to score this movie. Um, so, it's, yeah. Oh, my God. Wow. Have you done that then? Has that happened to um, you? Um, 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 um. Yeah, I've definitely been been up against it on a project where it's all, you know, yeah, someone's left and, yeah, yeah. that's really stressful, actually. Wow. 
I bet it is. I bet it is. And in that kind of setting, do you have a very specific brief that you're you're working to? (laughs) I I imagine. Don't do what they did. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Have a listen. (laughs) Ignore. (laughs) But if you're in on a project where someone's been fired, uh, it tend that people tend to be kind of grateful that you're. It feels like you're kind of salvaging something for them that's that's been it's been a mess so it can work out like well sometimes i guess guess in that situation you've just got to just just get something down and just make make quick decisions go that that'll do let's work with that yeah and just we can't you can't mess around too much it's it's interesting yeah like i think yeah you could i was talking to another composer about this it's like how long does it take to write a film soundtrack and it's like you could, you could probably knock one out in a day, but it just wouldn't be very good. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> or maybe it would yeah. be, but, um, you know, how long it, it, it can be done, you know, you could, you, it's just like having the ideas and, or yeah, it's it, how long's a piece of string. Is there like a sweet spot for you, would you say, between like having too long to, and like having too much to deal with and having no time? What What's your sort of ideal working pattern would you say I really enjoyed Loki where I had like it was lockdown and I had a year and just you know I could kind of dip in and out of it and I think I think it's really nice to write stuff and then go away from it for a week or something and then come back to it and and like often I'll write something and I'll come back to it a week later and think it's totally shit like what was I doing that's dreadful (laughs) and but it gives you a chance it to kind of really work work on something and interrogate something and yeah make sure that you're that it's decent (laughs) yeah lots of time is good I remember you saying to us last time that you something about going to sleep and or singing something in or writing something down and then waking up and if it's still good in the morning then it's a keeper yeah was that something that came from you or something that somebody said to you I can't remember yeah that was a Beatles that was a Beatles um trick oh yeah Yeah. which we're now saying is yours (laughs) I'll take it I'll claim it (laughs) (laughs) yeah I think you should I think you should yeah because at the Beatles I think they were saying something it was Paul McCartney wasn't it I think yeah saying about how because they didn't have iPhone voice memos back then they didn't even have little dictaphones probably so you just have to kind of keep it in your head and then try and remember it and then meet up with the rest of the Beatles and try and record it (laughs) (laughs) two to let out on a recorder to yourself and (laughs) scribe it down (laughs) (laughs) so when you're doing a film score do you sort of set yourself a certain amount of music to write every day to kind of do it like that no No, just see what happens (laughs) I'm not like I'm a bit more chaotic than that like I do know composers that that you see and they're like I've written two minutes today and it's like yeah but I (laughs) it could be two minutes of a drone it's I find that really an abstract (laughs) yeah (laughs) Yeah, I could do that that's great (laughs) so going back to what you were saying about so you're you've come in post-production on this but with Loki I'm, am I right in thinking that was right? You were in from the very inception, weren't you? Of that? No, that I show. wasn't. No, they. No. They. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Wrong. <laughs> um, they filmed a couple of weeks, it, like last February or something, and then went into lockdown. And 
then that's when when I was brought in. So there was like a couple oh, okay. of couple of weeks of stuff that had been filmed, and then I wrote, you know, all the the suite for the show. And then by the time they went back to film the rest of it, um, it was there, and Tom was listening to his theme before he went on set. I love stuff. that. Yeah. <laughs> That's so great. That is so great. So what was your brief then for for writing the suite? So the suite was the first thing you produced for them. Yeah. And I guess it had the kind of ideas of major themes that you were going to have in it. But but what, yeah, what did they set you to do before you were sort of on the job? Um, oh, I did have to pitch for it because, um, you know, it was one of those, it was like a call out that came to my agent for like an untitled Marvel series. Um, they want some like spacey epic music. So I just sent in a showreel and then had a meeting and then, um, yeah, it was a bit like X factory where I'm sure, I think they had like a bunch of composers and we all had to score a scene, uh, that they'd filmed. And then, yeah, Kate picked who, who should do it from, from that. So it was, yeah, there was a, a pitch involved. But, wow! Oh yeah. my god! So did you know immediately? Like, I have to get this one. This is going to be good. I'm going to make this extra special. Going to give it yeah, everything. I did. <laughs> I sort <laughs> of knew it was a step up from anything I'd done before. Um, just because of it's Marvel and they've got such a massive fan base for their content, so you just know there's going to be a lot of eyes and ears like on it. So yeah, felt it, yeah. It, it, I kind of could see it was a great opportunity. So what did you do then? Yeah. What was your your technique to nail this gig? Um, I ma- I massively probably overscored the scene. To be honest, there was not there was it was just like all the way through, and that the scene it was in the time theater. I don't know if you've seen it where where he goes in and meets Mobius for the first time, and um, the actual scene in in the finished thing does has loads of space in it. It's not scored all the way through at all. Um, but yeah, I just went to town on it and kind of put a bit of I put some Avengers references and um I just took like notes on what Kate Heron the director had said she wanted and like she wanted theremin and she wanted it to kind of be a bit retro and um and I did come up with a theme for the pitch because I thought that would make it a bit more cohesive so um yeah there was quite a lot in there in that early pitch that stayed like I think I did kind of get the vibe right from the off and did you get did you get some players to just record it um rather than just using samples and things or did you yeah I did I always as good as possible yeah I think it always really helps like getting those live elements on there so I think I had like some live strings and then um I did this lockdown project before Loki came along um it was like musical pass the parcel with this library music um company that I work for sometimes um and the guy before me who passed the track over was a theremin player. Um, oh, So I was perfect. like, ooh. Yeah, and I had him, you know, in the old memory bank. <laughs> I'll have to keep his number. <laughs> and so, yeah, it was nice. I just rang Charlie Draper and I was like, I've got this thing. Would you mind playing for me? And he, he, was, he was so brilliant. Like, and he's such a kind of crazy theremin enthusiast. And he's got all these different um, instruments and like Ondas Martinots and different, like, there's the, the the range that you can kind of get from all these different instruments is really interesting. And he'd, if I, if I gave him a line, he'd always give me kind of multiple options for it. And yeah, he just, he was really great to work with. So yeah, he played on the demo. That's cool. Yeah. 
Do you know more than you thought you'd ever know about theremins now? (laughs) (laughs) He he sent me a book. It's like the the theremin, the the actual guy. I think he's called Charles. Um, And it's like all this kind of espionage and... It's like this crazy Ooh. book all about the invention of the theremin, which I'm trying to read. It's oh. <laughs> my bedtime reading. <laughs> when did it come about, the theremin? I think it's the twenty 1920- 1920s. Three or something. So it was in all those 50s kind of B movies. and Oh, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it kind of got, I had a real kind of moment where it was very in vogue in scores and then yeah. sort of dropped out of fashion a bit, but. Yeah. But you're bringing it back. Good on you. <laughs> well, since, <laughs> like it. Yeah, Charles, Charlie said he's just being like, um, he's done so many sessions with different composers because I've, you know, <laughs> posted him on Instagram and stuff. And like, he's like, I've just done a session for this guy and this guy. So it's, yeah, definitely. <laughs> I think it's going to be in everything now. <laughs> You'll hear it everywhere. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> so what happened when you were doing that pass the parcel thing? Did anything really cool come out of that? A great prize at the end. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. What was <laughs> box of Lego? <laughs> oh, the prize would have been like if it had been synced on an advert, and we'd have all got paid a bunch of money. But um, I don't think that happened. Yeah, Coca Cola bought it at <laughs> oh. the end. Fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh. yeah, I don't know. No, it was just you know, lockdown was weird, wasn't it? We all like took up like making bread or like hobbies and stuff well I, yeah. I don't know I, try, I, I Podcasting. made one loaf of bread is that when yeah. you guys started it? <laughs> well we got stuck well. into it we had started a bit before yeah. it but we didn't we hadn't released anything oh, and okay. we were like well yeah. we, we have to we have to do this with nothing else to do so let's actually release some <laughs> yeah, and exactly. also do, it, do it every week <laughs> um what did you do did you did you make some bread well, I was, I mean, homeschooling. Did you find, I, I, that oh, was yeah. quite... Uh, oh, God. You had two. How were you at that? Um, I think I was dreadful. I mean, it, I, <laughs> like, we argued a lot. It was it was quite tense. And then I was also trying to teach her the violin and stuff. And Oh, oh wow. Yeah. You are brave. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, I, ours was really, so, oh, I was so hit and miss. Yeah. Did you find that... Th- I just can't believe how hard their work actually is. <laughs> <laughs> well, Annie was in year one when it started. So I think that's the trouble. I think with like really like when you're five, you need all the playtime and stuff. And it's just like you don't. I, I think that I was trying to get through like there was so much work to get through every day. And I was like, come on, let's do this. And um, I think actually that they do. They don't do stuff all the way through. Like they'll do 20 minutes and then move on to something else and it's just like I'm not a teacher so I can't gauge well quite this is it how much to do yeah it was so hard I don't know what age were your boys oh god I'm trying to think when they started they started at like uh eight uh what seven and uh ten and I mean it was just a 10 year old I kind of thought he was okay to go off and get on with it but it transpired that maybe I was a little bit too uh laissez-faire about that and maybe should have had a little bit more of a monitor of what he was doing and the younger one just was not interested after a while it was like a write-off but but I mean you were doing that though and you were scoring Loki right oh no no Loki didn't come along until yeah, I had like a good old, a good six months or so of, or did I? Four, oh, five okay. Months of not, not like nothing. Oh, I was trying to give you a really good get out. Oh, yeah, I could there, say, yeah. But... I, was just, 
<laughs> just say, just say yes. <laughs> so you were talking about using Marvel themes, uh, some Avengers themes when you were writing. Was it? Were they keen? Were Marvel and was Kate keen on you putting, you know, references into other films to keep it sort of within the series, or did they want you to veer away from that? I just put, I put one in because there was a moment in the scene where it's like a flashback that Loki's having and he sees all the Avengers around him. And so I just kind of popped it in there just for fun, but they didn't end up, um, they didn't end up using any stuff apart from the very opening where it's like a handover. So the whole series opens with an Alan Silvestri um, piece that was then I like took over and blended into Loki's music. And then that was it. We didn't, yeah, I think, that's pretty cool thing in itself, isn't yeah, it? That yeah, going great. like you weaving your music into his—that's fantastic. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> um, I know we asked this last time, but did you uh, did you have any contact with uh, Alan Silvestri? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was a nice setup. <laughs> well, let me tell you about this. <laughs> um, no, I did. I stalked. I I stalked Alan Silvestri um, through the streets of London because I saw him. <laughs> I, saw, I was in a pub with um, David Arnold um, after the Ivan Novello Awards and, and it was backing onto the Back to the Future theatre um, and David was like, oh, there's Alan Silvestri. And he, he was coming out the back of the theatre and walking off down the road. He was quite far away and I was like, let's chase after him. It was, it was one of those things where we were like, Alan! <laughs> like running down the road. Like three three streets, um, but we did catch up with him, and and I met him, and he was he was really lovely. That was I was a bit starstruck. Yeah, oh, that's really good. Is it one of those things though where you start running after me, like yeah, I've got to see them, and then you get to them, and it's like oh, now what? Now what do we do? <laughs> or were you were you primed? Did you have things to say to him? <laughs> well, luckily, like uh, you know, um, I'm glad it wasn't like me on my own, like a a crazy stalker because uh David Arnold knew him already and he kind of introduced us so that was that was kind of less awkward but yeah you know you stalk someone and then you're a bit puffy and sweaty when you actually catch <laughs> up <Yes>. to them <laughs> puffed out like <laughs> panting <laughs> like who the hell is this <laughs> yeah so, I've rinsed oh. some music which has gone with yours <laughs> 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 leave me alone get away from me yeah <laughs> so no. is it a bit of a, a bit of a f- like big family that the composer wells you, you all sort of you all hang out and, and all that running around the streets of london together <laughs> is that a regular thing i don't know i mean it's yeah i think that there is like i did um the ghent uh soundtrack awards did them um the first of the ghent film festival yeah <laughs> and um and they've got like this it's this section of the awards that's dedicated to film music and and, and tv and that yeah there's loads of composers that go to that festival and hang out and yeah it does feel like a really nice community and um obviously we're all you know in competition with each other so yeah. that's a bit weird yeah. <laughs> but yeah it's definitely um a kind of cool little world I think in LA it's a bit more of a thing to kind of um like I spent a couple of months in LA and they do these like composer breakfasts uh, and you and there's like it's almost like a therapy group and there was there's um like a room full of composers and yeah, you all have breakfast and like chat about stuff. And like, uh. I had, they were like, we've got some new people in today. And I had to kind of introduce myself. Um, 
so that was weird. But um, and Chesney Hawks, Chesney Hawks was there. Was no, <laughs> no. Yeah, is wow. he a film composer? Yeah, no. well, he lives in LA. I think he's yeah, he is um, in that like. I think it's songwriters and film composers that were in this oh, group. Right. But yeah, it was kind of funny to meet him. That's so random. <laughs> did you did you just stare at him? I would have, I think I would have just been staring at like, Yeah. He's amazing, isn't he? I'm a bit obsessed with Chesney Hawks, <laughs> one hit wonder. I know, oh. but he must can you imagine how many people I, I think that's probably why he lives in LA. Because I bet people just stopped him in the street in the UK and like, I am the one and only it's like yeah. leave me alone I never want to hear that song again um, it's like Craig David isn't it yeah. he had to go like he went off to Miami I remember watching a TV thing about him because that was just so when after he was um, on was it Bo Selector with Kez the, well, he, the bird he, he just had it. to leave like Lee Francis no, just did him yeah. <laughs> I think he found that quite hard yeah. I think it was. It was quite a sad documentary, actually. But he he then became cool again, didn't he? He went over to Miami and became cool. Yeah. So that's maybe that's what Chesney's doing. I think so. Well, we'll we'll, we'll, we'll see. (laughs) (laughs) I I guess Craig David had a little bit more of a body of work behind him, didn't he? Yeah, that's true. Had a few albums. (laughs) (laughs) But um, I did a quartet gig with Craig David. Um, what? When, when, with the uh, the Ravens, yeah, yeah. we did that. We got yeah. booked to do this weird gig in Sardinia, and it was this. It turned out it was like a wedding. This Russian oligarch was marrying um, a model, and then when we arrived, and he'd like built a stage in the sea. I think he like, had all these crazy, like David Blaine was there doing magic tricks, and <laughs> Craig David, and I think Sting. <laughs> did a set as well and but when we got there they were like it's no longer a wedding it's now a birthday party <laughs> what oh is this a dream is this no, real this is real <laughs> it's one of those gigs you're oh like and God. then we were like backstage with craig david i think maybe this was pre-cool this was him doing gigs for russian oligarchs in the wilderness yeah. the yeah. wilderness years <laughs> yeah he doesn't like to talk about what that did dude. you no, no. <laughs> What did you guys play? Oh, we just did a like our Raven kind of um, set that we used to do for you know our corporate gig set. Yeah, just standing. Yeah, up. this was with Rachel Lander as well, wasn't yes. it? Friend of the pod. Yes, indeed. Yeah, very yes. good, very good. <laughs> and um, you guys did some cool things. Did you play in the closing ceremony of the Olympics? Was it the closing ceremony? It was. Of the yeah, we did the closing ceremony with Madness. Um, oh, yeah. was it incredible? Yeah, it was. But it was just so vast like going out on we were on a kind of milk float going around yeah. the outside next to one direction um <laughs> just like looking up and seeing yeah it was just it was kind of yeah a huge space but you know like we played with George Michael and Ellie Goulding we did lots of wow. these kind of pop backing yes. pop stars I'm sure you've both done lots of that too done the old bit well yeah but I, I haven't done I haven't played on a stage in the sea with Craig David <laughs> Or on a milk float. I would float. love to. Or a milk float even. No, exactly. What's the <laughs> weirdest awesome. gig you've done? Like, what's the kind of most bizarre place you've played? Mm. Oh. oh, God, that's a question, isn't um, it? Oh, let me think. Is this what it's like to be interviewed on a podcast? Yeah, I know. I'm flipping <laughs> yeah, exactly. things. Oh, God, I don't like yeah, it. Just... Um, 
I tell you what, this isn't the weirdest place I've played, but it was weird. We did. Uh, it's like a quite. It was looked on paper like a very bog standard wedding, and and we got there. It was at um, Marlebone Town Hall or somewhere like that, and um, <laughs> we got there we with a singer as well. And there were more of us than there were. It was just this couple getting married, a very elderly man and a very young girl who were quickly whipped through into this wedding room. And we had to pretend to basically be the congregation as well. So they made us stand up and we had to applaud and everything. (laughs) It was just... It was so, so weird. We came out afterwards. We sort of had to congratulate them. We didn't know what to do. Didn't know when to leave. Like, are we now part of this wedding party? What, so they had no guests? They had like maybe one other person there. So we were basically like witnesses. It was so, so weird. So that was quite peculiar. I did a wedding recently where they were so lovely. And it was a a musician friend of mine booked me and and some others to play in a brass quintet. And they, we played, it was like a surprise. And then they said, stay, we've got your table to, to eat afterwards that you can have some of the food and drinks, whatever you want. And they were like, wow, this is great. And we were sat on the same big, long table as all the guests. And we're like, okay, jokingly, well, let's leave before the speeches, yeah. And then suddenly it was the speeches. And uh, (laughs) we got mentioned in the speeches because they were saying thank you to us. And I didn't leave until about one in the morning. (laughs) We we stayed all night. And they, but we kept saying, like, I'm so sorry. This is so awkward. We kept walking past the br- the bride and groom and their parents, and they were like, "Oh, it's fine. Just stay, stay. Keep keep uh, keep drinking." They were so oh nice, but God. it was felt so bad. And the next day, it was just full of regret, just shame. Oh it's no, like, were we meant to do that? Was did that you the right thing? run off with the bride or something? I did. Yeah. Did you do the first yeah. dance, Seb? <laughs> I did. I mean, I, I think it's when I when I got up to give a speech uh, about 11 p.m. <laughs> that crossed yeah. a line. Yeah. What's that? It's like the wedding crashes. I mean, they, they're, some yeah. people kind of target those events. They're like great for kind of, yeah, hooking up. and. You totally could, yeah. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. It's true. So when you're in the band, like I, I was playing a venue last night and you had to go in through the front of house and past all the all the crowds queuing up, and we were just like, oh, we're in the band. I was like, oh, yeah, come in. You can get in anywhere if you just say that. Yeah. yeah. You could definitely yeah. crash anything you like. Yeah, I think so. God, you'd have to have some balls, wouldn't you? I remember being in New York <laughs> for the first time. It was uh, Jimmy Fallon was doing, he still does the, the Tonight Show. But I think it was that, or maybe it was, anyway, in like the, um, the Rockefeller Center. And I just, I was with my mate, who's a trombone player. I was like, we can just, we could totally get in. Like, we just say... You have that confidence of being a musician. You're like, well, I'm a musician. They probably just let us in. I'll just play with the roots or, or whatever. Uh, it didn't work. It didn't work. Uh, <laughs> no, I was going to say, yeah, comedy's a show. They'd be like, there isn't a band. What do you mean you're in a band? <laughs> yeah, I know. It's, a, it's one comedian. <laughs> it's one comedian, yeah. 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 <laughs> I say band. I mean comedian. Yeah, I'll whatever. give it a go. I think I'm the host of the show. <laughs> I'm in SNL. Yeah. yeah. You are listening to Three in a Bar. We talk to musicians about their lives. If you like this show, you can give us five stars on iTunes or a cast or other things like that. Yeah. Natalie, do you get? Did you do you get to go to some pretty glam parties? No. Do they? <laughs> what? <laughs> I mean, after all the hard work you do, no you should one cares. Some seriously good ones. <laughs> Oh, yeah, they had um, the premiere for Loki 
um which I did I didn't even know was happening and it was in London and and it was like you know they invited um Tom Hiddleston and Sophie Mart- Martino um and and lots of kind of reality TV stars and deadlist <laughs> celebrities I was like really like they couldn't have just had the <laughs> people who That's worked appalling. on the show it was like a really poor I'm being really mean here but there was no like celebrities that you were like oh wow that's cool it was it was kind of like this person from Jersey Shore and yeah or, who was the one that really got to you who was the one you saw and went I, I can't believe it oh god I don't know because I I don't really watch those things but I I I don't know I'm I'm being bitchy now but um yeah I, no, I think it's very fair very fair you should have been there for goodness sakes <laughs> And I'm, I think they did invite some Marvel fans as well, so that's okay. I guess they they deserve their moment in the at the premiere as well. <laughs> but I don't think I've ever been to a premiere of anything I've done actually. And then when you when you're doing most TV, there there isn't a premiere; it's just on. So it's like yeah, yeah we were talking last time about that kind of lack of you know when you finish a a gig when you're a musician and you're in a quartet or whatever you get applause and you finish you get this buzz and you feel like oh I'm done for the day I I can you know stop but yeah with with the composing it's really different like you it never quite feels like you finished and then when you do finish you don't get a big applause Yeah, it's so peculiar. What is the moment? Is there a moment? Yeah, here we go. That's funny for for you for now. There we go. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) What? Yeah, is there a moment where you feel like, is it when they're recording it, when you're there in the studio and you're hearing it being recorded, it's coming to life for the first time, that that you get the real buzz? Yeah, I love those recording sessions. Um, And yeah, that's the, the recording part and like seeing everyone play it and, mixing it and that's that's really satisfying and and just you know like get like um with Loki I got some a call from the producers they all rang me and they were like we love it and that's yeah that's that's a nice thing but um yeah I think like the the day that Loki aired on on it on Disney plus I I was like oh my parents I was like do you want to come and watch it and they were like yeah yeah we'll we'll come over because it was like still kind of a bit covidy and lockdowny so my parents came over and I put it on and my dad fell asleep my mum <laughs> was like my mum was like I don't really understand what's going on but well done oh, <laughs> music was lovely dear thank you gosh <laughs> we'll do that again anyway yeah it is a bit out there for for someone who's never seen any marvel stuff it's like probably a bit of a hard entry point <laughs> yeah 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 it's quite there's a lot going on yeah I've started it and since last time I haven't made the progress I'd hoped when I, when I knew that we were going to be meeting again I was like great I'm going to watch it all and I'm going to come back and I'm going to know what exactly what happens <laughs> um unfortunately life has got in the way of that and a little trip <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, yeah I did lovely music though lovely oh, music <laughs> No, I mean, I've listened to it again. <laughs> but no, I am going to commit and watch the whole thing. I do love it. I love a Marvel series. You know, they're cracking, aren't they? Yeah. Well, really you know, it's not for everyone. Like, I think if you haven't seen all the movies and stuff, like it might, it is a bit challenging. There's so much kind of of the world that they're talking about that if you haven't seen it, it probably is kind of tricky to get into. But I don't know. Yeah. Have you, seen, have you seen all of them or... 
I mean, it's hard to watch everything, isn't it? Because there's so it much TV stuff as well now. But I, I haven't seen the Ant Man end of things. I don't oh, know yeah. why I've missed that. I quite like Paul Rudd though. Maybe I should give it a watch. Yeah, yeah world's hottest man. Is he? Oh, is that apparently, official? yeah. That's that's what they're saying. Yeah, everyone is <laughs> putting it. World's up. hottest yeah. ant. World's hottest ant man. Yeah. <laughs> In brackets, the only one. But yeah. Oh, he's good. Yeah, he's he's very good. good. Yeah. He is. is it intimidating walking into a franchise like that, though? Or did you just take it in your stride? Oh, gosh. Yeah, no, I I think it because you're kind of locked away in your room and, you know, you just kind of get on with it. So, no, it, 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 well, I was intimidated because I kind of knew, like, oh, this is a big a step up from things I've done before. But then once I got the job, I just, yeah, kind of got into it and... You know, it's just me and and I'll have meetings with Kate, the director and the producer, but it, it feels like a small team and we're just like creating something. And yeah, I think if you if you were kind of thinking all the time of like <laughs> how many millions of people are going to watch it, you'd be a bit paralysed, maybe. I don't know. Oh, totally. Yeah. yeah. It's like this podcast, isn't it? You know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Similar vibe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just don't think too hard about it, no. you know. <laughs> um. And then when you're sat down to compose, do you sort of do it at a kind of piano or are you in a, a digital audio workstation? With, uh, um, playing around with I sounds? do. Yeah. Like it depends. Like, like I said, with Cocaine Bear, I just sat down and was like strumming away on the guitar, um, which is cool because it, it's like, I think picking up different instruments kind of makes you write in a different way. Um and can unlock different things but mostly the piano like Loki when something's going to be orchestral I think the piano's got everything you need to kind of flesh out those themes um so yeah Loki I came up with everything on the piano like it all started out sketches and then I'd be like oh that bit will be on the horn and and then yeah I'll demo it up with I don't get too bogged down because I'm so bad at programming so I'll just flesh it all out kind of labeling like this is the horn part and then I'll just bash it in (laughs) some crappy keyboard (laughs) um sound and then yeah kind of develop it develop it up from that Uh, and do you hand that off to someone else to kind of mix that or or orchestrate it or yeah I, I do I can I do orchestrate myself um but I'm really slow like I I've not kind of managed to develop that skill <laughs> like it you know so I um when I was working on Loki the guy that was conducting it is also an orchestrator so he'd stick it into the Balius for me and then I'd I'd be kind of like checking that he'd voiced it correctly and like oh that bit should be in the violas or you know whatever it was um and then yeah that that seemed to be and then I've got an engineer that I work with as well as well who is amazing uh who I, oh, that's yeah, great! So it's kind of cool having different. I guess people. having a, yeah, having a team that you can kind <clears> of rely on and and that you know how they work and they know how you work must be so essential to the process. Because I know when we talked last time, you were just saying there's there's so much to do in such a short space of time that I guess you have to hand things over. Yeah, definitely, and just just keep yeah. yourself. I think like having different people coming and playing and like different soloists and stuff. Like if I develop a, a theme for a folk violin or something and I'll, I'll yeah. play it in on and it will just you know sound the way like my 
shitty violin playing sounds and then oh, get out. hand it over <laughs> to, to this um Norwegian folk fiddle player and he and he just kind of takes the phrase and, and then adds his own color to it and you're like oh you know it just inspires you to kind of work with other people and yeah throw yeah. ideas around definitely yeah. was it your engineer was that Jake Jackson yeah yeah I've, yeah I've done some things with him but he's amazing isn't he yeah he's so good he's great he's like the guy right he's, is he resident at air is that right um or I think well he's was. on on the they represent him but I think he does move around he'll do different yeah, studios yeah. as well yeah no he's great I just feel like I've sort of I think it's really hard finding a relationship with an engineer because I've worked with a few and it's like sometimes you give them your mix and then they change it or, or whatever and you just kind of think oh I kind of preferred because you you've been hearing your own mix for months and months but Jake's just sort of took my ideas and then made them better <laughs> which is yeah. just great yeah, really really awesome is that a side yeah. of things you you've thought about much before about the recording orchestras and different techniques of uh, I've been personally like, I hadn't really ever thought about microphones until until we got some for the podcast and then in the lockdown it was like the only way to make any music um what have and, you got there I can't tell oh I've got an Aston Spirit Ooh. mic here I've also oh, nice. recently bought a, a Royer 121 oh nice which is so nice for, for recording trumpet on oh, um, so um yeah I have got I have got into it a little bit but um yeah. I've been I've been looking up um I want to get a couple of like stereo mics because I think that that's a whole other ball game because then you could record a like an ensemble um and it feels a lot more more realistic I think rather than mixing a, a single mics and trying to make it sound natural yeah I think it's, it's the way to go I I'm not I'm not I've just got one I'm always recording like a single mic and then I don't yeah I need, I need to expand my setup as well I find it really interesting because because orchestras you, you sit in an orchestra for a session and you'll have a microphone in front of you but I think it tends to be that they they try and use like the, the tree right that's like the main one or or some section mics and then maybe they use the individual mics just to bring up some detail if necessary I, I think that's generally it maybe but I'm sure there's yeah. loads of different methods and I, I don't know I find it really very interesting and uh, no it so, totally is it's a whole world to on, onto itself and yeah it's like a, that's the thing with being a composer like I think in the old days you just sit down right bash out some what you want on manuscript and then you you know the whole thing would be done you wouldn't have logic and samples so it's just I think the, the job of the composer is ex- ever expanding like even when I started off doing it um you know it was still you'd be expecting to record with an orchestra um but the samples are just getting better and better as well so very often now it'd be like whatever you're recording you'll blend with the samples so you won't be yeah like spitfire just crazy like you've got real kind of playing and and it, it can sound so realistic it's it's bonkers I kind of like the idea of blending things and using using unusual colors like with Loki I was kind of running things that I was recording through a tape machine and then like playing around with the like slowing things down and and making things more analog and grainy and yeah it's kind of a fun experiment 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, ready get 20, 20, ready get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Would you say you're somebody who starts off with big epic ideas like so I'm thinking about the Loki soundtrack and there's some epic writing in there it's a massive and amazing like big sounds do you would you say you start from the point of view of thinking big and bring things down or do you visualize things quite small and bring them up oh my gosh um I think Loki was I started at the end so I kind of had that big theme for Kang really early on with choir and like massive and then I was seeding it so I was kind of so I started big but then I knew where I was going and it was like just giving breadcrumbs to kind of get there all the way through the series but um yeah and and um I didn't know like when I started recording the brass in Budapest it it just didn't sound as rich as I'd hoped for so I was I was like can we record next time with like double the size of the orchestra and triple the size of the brass and 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 yeah I kind of kept expanding and expanding um (laughs) were they good about letting you do that did you have to push for it no I did have to push for it like episode I think they thought that I'd be able to do episodes one and two in in a three-hour session to begin with and then I recorded about like (laughs) two tracks and I was like we're gonna need a lot more time and then they were they were great they they just like expanded it out um and gave me what I needed <laughs> so that was yeah. good <laughs> yeah. each, each episode how many minutes are there of music oh gosh I don't know I should know this um I think I I know between it's an hour so it was probably like 45 minutes of music it was pretty pretty wall to wall yeah yeah, yeah. and are there times where you've reused the same cue or do you feel like you need to write something slightly different or re-record stuff or yeah, there were a few there were a few cues that that kind of crept back in um which was good. Like it's always nice when you when you start an episode off and you have a spotting session and 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 you see like oh they've used a few of my tracks. It sort of takes the pressure off. Yeah, oh, that's <laughs> and something true. Yeah. Like, we love this track. We're going to keep it. You're like brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think it's very um it's sort of mo- motivic is that a word? Would you say? Oh. Oh, there's somebody Ooh, else can I the door. Door? <laughs> Please, please go for it. Maybe it's the man to fix my boiler. Oh, exactly. oh, that would be good. Or maybe it's one of the bears that that <laughs> is trying to push themselves it's a for the role of, of cocaine. Um, Verity, how do you think it's going? It's great. I, I'm, you know what? I think this round two is even better than I round one. I think it one. is better, actually. Do you agree? Yeah. yeah. It's good. I mean, I loved hearing about Craig David in the sea. I know. <laughs> 
Did you have a picture in your mind? Yeah, I've got a really strong picture in my mind. I imagine he's got speedos on, but still a beanie hat (laughs) and some headphones. Do you think he's got a kestrel on his hand? Of course. Of course I do. Of course he has. Can't get that image out of my mind. Oh, poor Craig. Sorry, Craig. (laughs) Sorry. He'd be a lovely guest, wouldn't he? I imagine. I think he would, actually. Yeah. Barney met him Uh, once um, because Craig David did some stuff with Bastille. And, yeah. And um, when, so he came to rehearse and then when he was, he sort of met everyone. He's one of those people that goes up to everyone, looks them in the eye, really remembers your name. Oh. And then at the end of the rehearsal, Craig went and he's like, right, see you later, guys. Um, and he, but he went up to everyone and said, Barney, lovely to meet you. And all that went oh. up to everyone. What a delightful man. Yeah. That's very That's good. Lovely, isn't Barney's it? met everyone, hasn't Barney he? Has, I feel yeah. like... I feel like whenever we talk about somebody, you say, oh, yeah, Barney's met him. Of course, yes, yeah. <laughs> Hi. Well done. Hello. Sorry. Hiya. Hi. Who was it? Was oh, it the boiler the man? No. Oh. No. I yeah. ordered a coat, oh, a new coat. Well, you're going to bloomin' need it until the Freezing. boiler gets it, Oh, you <laughs> yeah. poor old thing. Rubbish. I've got, like, a little hey. space heater. <sighs> oh, have you? <laughs> Um, hey, last time you let us in on some interesting and exciting facts about something you've just written. Is it Batgirl? Is that right? Yeah. The soundtrack for... That's cool. Yeah. Where are you at with that? Where's that? Are you finished? Is that complete? <laughs> no. They haven't even no. started filming yet. <laughs> okay. They're, they're, right. They start, I think they've just started. Um, but they wanted a suite to take in. Like everyone wants a suite now because... Uh, <laughs> whenever I have a meeting I'm like right, yeah like um talking about Loki and how that worked and they wanted to do the same like they want they wanted the kind of music on set when they're filming so, so you've made a rod for your own back here you? I have yeah <laughs> <laughs> I just hope God, they don't too, change it all when it's too gets, efficient yeah. <laughs> they get to the edit and then be like yeah we've, we've got bored of it now could you write a load of new stuff <laughs> oh <laughs> Um, um what's the what's the vibe with that is it quite different i'm sure it's very different to loki but in terms of scale and have they is there anything you can let us in on any kind of thematic um material? Oh, well actually they're they're doing a costume reveal um the batgirl costume reveal on i think it's like next week um it's going to be dropping oh. and they and they asked me to put the theme on there so There'll be a little bit. There'll be a little <gasps> bit of my theme released next week for Batgirl. Oh wow! All oh, right. Yeah. Well, we'll be checking that out and linking <laughs> yeah. to that. Fine. <laughs> how do you feel about it? Are you pleased with how it's going so far? Yeah. No, it's cool. It feels. It's just nice, you know, when you write stuff and and directors respond to it and they like it. That's always nice. <laughs> they yeah. don't like. You yeah. hate this. Could you do it again? Um, <laughs> yeah. So that's it's cool. Yeah, it seems to be going in the right direction. Um, Who is directing that? They're called Adil and Bilal. They're like a, they're Moroccan um, slash Belgian. Um, oh wow! And yeah, they're like a directing double act. Uh, and they're, yeah, they're really fun, really young and enthusiastic. So yeah, oh that's cool, very good. And I'm going on set next week, so that would oh, be fun. Wow! Amazing. Is that in England somewhere? Yeah, it's in Glasgow. Oh. Ah. Gotham City. Yeah. Gotham Go- City in Glasgow. Um, yeah. <laughs> they record they film that a Batman, you know, the Robert Patterson one. Um yeah. just filmed there as well. So yeah. It's edgy, isn't it, Glasgow? Edgy. Yeah. I love I love it, but hey. 
It's great. I'm going to my coat. <laughs> yeah, yeah that's good. Well it's arrived in time. <laughs> yeah. Is it part of the same universe as the Robert Pattinson one? Um, or maybe you can't say. Mm, I can't. I don't think I can say. But it is yeah, obviously it's connected to Batman. But yeah, there's so many different Batmans that it's yeah. You'll have to wait and yeah. see which Batman it's connected to. <laughs> well, I'm oh. hoping it's closer to the one from the... Is it the 60s or the 50s? <laughs> Adam West. That hilarious... The Adam West one. <laughs> It'd be great if there's a direct connection to that. To Ad- Adam West it. pushing a, tr- a pram down Socky Hall Street. <laughs> <laughs> Pow! Kapow! <laughs> I need to be- <laughs> That's excellent. <laughs> oh, that's exciting getting on set. So I guess when you... Did you go on set at all for Loki? No, because they, they were filming in Atlanta. So oh, I didn't damn it. That, sadly. But. Yeah, but that must really help, I guess, getting a feel. If you can do that, if you can be there and sort of soaking up what's going on, does that, does that influence things? Or maybe it doesn't. I don't know. <laughs> I find being on set really weird because it's just... Um, it, it's a pr- part of the process that I'm so out of you know and it's and it's it feels so slow you know you see them they'll be kind of like someone entering a room and they'll say a line (laughs) and then stop and they're like right read do that again and then they'll do it five times and you just you know you're like maybe for the first hour of being there you're kind of like oh and then you know then they're like right let's reset and then everyone's you know it's just it's such a strange process and and yeah not yeah. yeah I think there's a reason I I went into post and not not <laughs> yeah. being a camera woman or something. Um, yeah, it's not totally my bag. My in fact, my daughter is going to be in a scene. Um, no way! So that's quite fun. Yeah, that's really funny. She's super excited. She's really yeah. She's really excited. Um, and I just thought it'd be kind of a fun way for her to see a set. Like she's just an extra in a, in a scene, but um, I thought it'd be a fun experience for her. <laughs> yeah that's so lovely mm. and has she did she watch any of loki i mean she's very little isn't she so it's probably yeah a she's bit. seven i think it's yeah, yeah she did she watched just like the the um what she called the advert for it that was yeah <laughs> and, she, and she thought that was fun but i think Aww. yeah so is there anything else you're working on at the moment is it just pure batgirl at the moment yeah batgirl and cocaine bear the cocaine bear oh, cocaine yeah bear, of course, yeah <laughs> <laughs> um and i've got another fox movie as well so there's three lined oh, up wow. about a fox a fox no fox no, the studio <laughs> heroin yeah, fox it's a, <laughs> it's a very niche line you're going down but good for you that's great that's fine. it's cocaine octopus cocaine yeah. fox <laughs> it's a real franchise whole series yeah Various cocained up animals, yeah. <laughs> I wanted to ask you about the because um, so you worked sort of supporting initially when you left um, film school, didn't you? Supporting other composers and kind of working for them. Was there anybody in particular that you you worked for around that time that really influenced you and kind of you feel like has been sort of seminal to your career? Oh, definitely, yeah. Um, Martin Phipps, who right. was yeah, he was he definitely a big oh, oops a big influence um just in terms of like I worked for him for about three or four years um and he was just very good about kind of giving me credits and like yeah he he didn't want to do uh, the last season of Wallander 
um, and he passed it over to me and you know those kind of opportunities oh, just they get you on your feet like um really important so yeah um, what yeah, sort of stuff were you touch. doing for him initially what when you started working <clears throat> for him what kind of roles did you, he make you do um so well martin is is like a bassoon player i think that's his instrument and and he's more he's just like very he's amazing at kind of synths and programming and and like electronic music and stuff so he's not so into the string writing and he he got the it was the oh it was great expectations was the first thing we did together um and he was just kind of like oh i was you know wondering if if you you know fancied having a look at this scene and adding some strings um <clears throat> so i just kind of um yeah that's kind of how it got started and then i did a bit of orchestrating for him and and um yeah it kind of grew like my role kind of grew and then we co-wrote the honorable woman together and that oh, that yes. very that was like a very kind of string led piece because the director was using lots of um oh god what was it the anthony Minghella film the english patient english yeah. patient yeah uh gabrielle yarrod that's it so he was using mm. like very classical music as as um as his temp music and yeah I was able to kind of help Martin get into that zone what advice would you give to aspiring composers to get into the industry what's the best thing they can they can do um I mean god it's changed so much from when I was at film school like 15 years ago because you know like we were saying the samples of you, you know you need the equipment's getting better and better all the time and then the platforms for putting your work out into the world are, are kind of ever increasing as well like yeah, making a website for yourself when I left film school was just super expensive and confusing. And I remember one cinematographer in my year did it and we were all like, wow, look at his website. It's amazing. Um, and it was like thousands of pounds to do that. So I, I was like chucking CDs. I was like burning CDs and like drawing pictures on them and throwing them at, at directors to try and get get work, <laughs> which didn't go very well. <laughs> um so yeah, it's just like put, putting your stuff out there, like going to film school, like the, the National Film and Television School um, and doing that master's just specifically in film composing. That was just, yeah, it was such a brilliant experience because you, you're just there in a team meeting, you know, and you're seeing every part of the process. And, and I did some exercises there where, where I was like writing a scene or filming or, you know, so, so it just kind of gets you into that filmmaking zone and storytelling zone. Um, cause it's like, you can be good at writing music, but, but what you're doing with film or TV composing is, is like storytelling basically. And you're working in a, in a team and your, your, your vision is kind of being led by someone else. So it's quite a specific job. It's very different from being just like a composer in your own right. So did you go straight from music college to film school? No, I went I, I went to the University of Surrey. I dropped out of the Royal Academy because I just realised I didn't want to be a violinist. Um, and yeah. then I went to University of Surrey because they had like a kind of audio engineering um, course there. And, and it was quite, it was kind of more broad. And then yeah. at the end of that, I went to film school. Ah, <clears throat> uh, okay, cool. That was like a gateway. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> 
Oh, fantastic. And do you still think... Oh, was it quite jazzy there? Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Mine was a very stupid question. I just was imagining... <laughs> I just spent a week at Mountview a few weeks ago. I know yeah. it's completely different, but I was just... I loved how jazzy it was there. And I like to imagine there were lots of very cool film types knocking around. Were there? Jazzy? Well, at, at well, film like, school or... At film school. Was it like lots of... I don't jazzy. know. I just imagine Jazz, it's very... Jazzy? Just like... <laughs> I just think of lots, lots of very cool creative types wandering around looking looking cool and like smoking cigarettes and wearing there was yeah, lots like, of smoking there was yeah. lots of roll-ups lots of smoking rollies and oh, playing ping pong um oh lovely I don't know yeah uh it's funny isn't maybe it? jazzy was the wrong word really <laughs> I think I think cool cool and yeah it was know. it was very <laughs> multi there was there was people there from all over the world like um i think I, there was only a couple of people couple of brits in my year and it was mainly like loads of catalans loads of um like about five people in my year from barcelona um oh, wow. danish and yeah people from all over the place so that was that was cool like a mixture of yeah. people and different sensibilities so that you'd say try and go to somewhere like that to just immerse yourself in, you know, meet lots of people and just try all the different disciplines that are involved. Yeah, definitely. But but like obviously studying an instrument to a, to a sort of oh, I don't know I'm a terrible violinist, but like be, like playing in orchestras and and learning that kind of skill as well is, has has been really helpful. But there's loads of different entry points. Like Hans Zimmer was in a band, and there's um, Danny Elfman came from a band. Clint Mansell. Um, John Bryan I think so it's like you can totally come at it from a not non you know you don't have to read music um it's just yeah there's, there's loads of different entry points in into it as well yeah that's cool that's inspiring because you could yeah you could jump in as a professional musician as an instrumentalist at any point if you decided you want to throw chuck some stuff out there into the into the world and see see if people like it and then who knows where <laughs> Yeah, uh, where it will go. Yeah, definitely. And there's loads go of back to school. No, then... yeah, no, yeah. of course not. And there's there's also loads of um, there's like a Sundance Academy, and there's there's all sorts of competitions. I think Spitfire run a competition, a scoring competition, where you can score a scene and then win a bunch of their samples. Did we know somebody who did that? I feel like we chatted to somebody um, who entered that. Maybe somebody who entered it. That. Yeah, the first yeah. year. Did you follow the first year? They um, it was something from. Westworld. Oh yeah, I did. I saw that one. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. they, the person that won it, did something totally different to everyone else, and it all went kind of eight bit, and it was just really funny and cool. And the the panel just was like, yeah, that's wicked. I think JJ <laughs> Abrams was on the panel, and and the guys from Spitfire, and but there was so much, um, so much anger from other people on YouTube because it was so different, and it was very entertaining to read the comments at the time <laughs> brilliant oh, i love it i love it when people get passionate on youtube videos that's great i mean comments <laughs> but i think that it's it's good to do something radical and do something very different and get you to stand out and i think that's probably what what you've done yeah. with with um with you with loki i mean that got you the gig doing something yeah. bold and um yeah yeah and it suits, suits the suits loki you know he's a He's a cheeky little guy. Wacky kind of a guy, <laughs> yeah. isn't he? Yeah, yeah. So there you um, go. 
Yeah, Natalie, is there what do you is there something you'd absolutely love to score? Is there a kind of style or something you think one day that's what I want? Oh my gosh. I don't know. I mean, I I'm really I love how varied it is. Um I love, you know, like jumping into each project and it needs it each project always needs something totally different from the last thing. So I think that's just it. Like as long as keep things keep being varied and keep it keeps things interesting. I think I'd get bored if if people were like, we want you to do exactly the same thing that you always do on this film. Yeah. And, and it's like you if you have a signature sound, um I think that would be a bit limiting. But um I don't know. That's yeah, it's, it's, it's a tricky one, isn't it? Because then people love those composers that sort of do their thing regardless of what the project is <laughs> there's, there's a few of those isn't there not on they no names but you know if you if you if you see a composer's name and you're like oh I, I think I know what that what that score is going to sound like yeah. um mm. um and then there are other composers where you're just like oh I wonder what they're going to do next because they're so inventive so um yeah Look, I think we've probably got enough stuff now as, as long as we've recorded it all have we? Have we? I, my <laughs> logic's going. Yeah, it's looking good to me. I mean, that was so unfortunate that we got like, what was it, three seconds? We got like three <laughs> yeah. seconds. And then I had six, what did I have? Seven minutes or something. On, something on like my that phone. on your iPhone. <laughs> but they were classic, classic seven minutes. Yeah. <laughs> Ah, thanks, Natalie. Yeah. That was so great. Do you know what? I think we did manage to retain some level of spontaneity and kept it fresh, do you think? Yeah, I think so. Um, She did. She definitely did. She was great. I mean, some of those things we had heard twice, but she did it in a very good way. You'd never know. Yeah. I can't wait to watch Cocaine Bear. Don't know about you. I know. That sounds great, isn't it? Cocaine Bear? Yeah. Um, What I was going to say before you cut me off, because your laptop was about to die... I was just going to warn people oh, yeah. about your Scottish accent, which you do. But um, <gasps> oh I guess no, I forgot about they that. Heard it. Yeah, sorry, sorry, oh, Scottish people. I'm so people. sorry, really sorry. It's like these terrible accents slip out every now and again. Yeah. It's just, it's not okay. I realise. So sorry, happen. Scotland. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. Um, what this has taught us is that always do more backup recordings than you need. Maybe five yeah. or six. You never know. <laughs> All your devices. Use everything. Every device. Use everything. Also, if you can get somebody with a typewriter to be scribing one by those you. people you get in court with those little tiny <laughs> yeah. keyboards. Yeah, one of them. They're and the artist. You've seen have some... a, oh, a, yeah, yeah, a courtroom artist. Why not? <laughs> yeah. Just cover everything. That's what, that's what we can pay for. That's our next big <laughs> expense. <laughs> Uh, right, right. Well, uh, we're going to keep this short because it was quite a long interview. We, we actually yeah. were going to cut some out, stick it in a Patreon episode because we have a Patreon. Uh, please consider joining us and uh, supporting the show, £3.50 a month. Uh, but we uh, we thought it was it was all good stuff, so we kept it all in. So it's quite a long uh, show, I guess, although all our episodes yeah. are usually quite long. But, um, <laughs> but hey, Wittertainment is, is like over two hours sometimes, so... Right, so thank yourself lucky then, come on. So we kept everything in the show, but we have got a special Patreon episode for you. Uh, uh, Maybe Verity, you'd like to explain and tell us what you've been up to (laughs) the last week or so. Oh, 
I've had such fun. <laughs> I caught COVID. Woohoo! Oh, yeah, wait, isn't that fun? Uh, yeah, last week, middle of last week. So yeah. I've been at home, and our Patreon episode <laughs> is going to reflect. That joyous time. Uh, we're going to do it actually maybe in the style of film film 21, let's call it. I'm going to give yeah. you my my top tips on viewing, some things to avoid. I'm also going to give you some um, excellent books that I've read. Uh, and just we're going to have a bit of a chin wag. Yeah, That's it. great. Well, join us over there, guys. Join the club. And yeah. um, are you well, though? Are you generally okay? Yeah, I'm okay, actually. I, I it. I thought I was all right the whole way through. I mean, I didn't get it terribly badly. It's just exhausting. Mm. It's like having like mild flu, I'd say. Well, my experience has been yeah, like mild yeah. flu and just feeling really tired. Oh, but good. yeah, I'm I'm okay. I'm all right. Oh, good. Oh, I'm glad <laughs> to hear it. Yeah. Uh, this episode has been sponsored by Chimney Fire Coffee. If you're uh, in the market for a bit of coffee, get yourself over to chimneyfirecoffee.co.uk. And if you type in the offer code TIAB20... Two zero, I'll say that again. T i a b two zero, then uh, you get twenty yeah. percent off your first bag. Bonus, lovely stuff. I think they've got festive blends at the moment as well. So Ooh. you know, if you're thinking of some Christmas morning coffee, head oh, over there. Great stuff. Mm. Um, now, next episode, um, this might be you might have to sort of um, watch this space because because uh, depending on um, we're we're planning on doing a special thing. Yeah, but you yeah, never know are. with what everything that's going on. Yeah. We don't yeah. want to promise, overpromise, and then underdeliver. So That's very true. Wise words, Seb. Wise words. Should we underpromise? And then underdeliver. Yes. We can do that. Yeah. Come on. Yes. We should be recording something exciting at the end of next week if we're allowed. Yeah. That's the thing. Yeah, okay. Yeah. That's Great. it. So, uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, so get, get over to the Patreon for a fun chat, and uh, we'll see you next time on Three in a Bar. Bye. Bye. <laughs>